Hey, this is Chris Johnson, pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and builds your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. Hey, my name is Pastor Chris. It's great to be with you here today as we continue in the second week of our sermon series titled Freedom, uh, Galatians Study. And so here, right off the bat, I just want to read you the passage that we're going to be talking about today and kind of highlighting. I think this is an um, important message for everyone as Christians uh, and how we navigate in this world uh, where sometimes we can run into, um, well, some, some theology that's a little bit different than ours. So here we go. This is from Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 through 21. But the important line, the important verse is 16. This is from the Apostle Paul. Uh, Here's verse 15. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles, verse 16, know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in a Christ and not by the works of law. Because by the works of law, no one will be justified. Verse 17, but if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners. Doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law... I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, Final verse. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Okay, there's a lot of stuff there, but I, I really, really want to just focus in the next couple of minutes on verse 16. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law. Okay, time out for a second. Uh, for the last few months, I've been teaching theology uh, to juniors and seniors at Holy Cross Lutheran Academy. And this verse came up. And one thing they teach you at the seminary uh, when you go through is the word justified. Justified is another way to think of it is like this. Justified means just as if I never sinned. To be justified by Jesus Christ means just as if I never sinned. So let's think about it this way. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law. Okay, works of the law. What does that mean? Works of the law. When we think of the law in Scripture, we think of the Ten Commandments. Don't, com- don't commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't covet, you know, things like what we do today, like covet our buddy's manservants and oxen. Remember doing that last time? No. Um, anyway, uh, don't covet. Don't murder. Don't do these things. And, but it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. There's more commandments. There's more law. Anything that God tells us to do in the scriptures or Jesus tells us to do is a law. And so there's a lot of law when you open up the Bible. There's a lot of law. There's a lot of things that God or Jesus is telling us to do. And so check out this verse again. Verse 16. Know that it would be just like you never sinned, but you can't do that by just following the law. 
That's essentially what the Apostle Paul is saying here. If you want to be justified by Christ, don't try to accomplish it by just doing the law perfectly. I don't care how many Christians tell you that if you live by the law perfectly, you'll be fine. That is a lie. Uh, I don't care how many Facebook posts you see. <laughs> that is a lie. We're looking at Scripture today. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but how are you justified? You are justified by one thing and one thing only, your faith in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how great you are or how great you think you are. One sin, you fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, everybody in this room has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is only one person on planet Earth that ever in the history of mankind ever walked a perfect life, and that was Jesus Christ. So none of us, and I'm doing a quick glance in this room, are Jesus Christ. So all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now we live with that guilt and that doubt and that pain of, of sinning. And so it takes a verse like this from the Apostle Paul, who, by the way, did not live such a perfect life. Started as Saul persecuting uh, Christians, killing Christians, and then, you know, one day has this encounter with Jesus and completely changes his life. Ends up writing most of the New Testament. Wow. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified, just as if we didn't sin, by faith in Christ and not by the works of, our, of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. No way. When I look at the Ten Commandments, like I look at the Ten Commandments and I'm reminded that I'm a sinner. I'm reminded that I'm not perfect. I'm reminded that, oh man, uh, sometimes I feel guilty because I have coveted things. I, I, have, I have been envious. I've been prideful. I've been these things that I'm reminded that I should not be. And so when I look at the Ten Commandments, I don't see, I don't look at them and say, ha ha, mission accomplished. I say, aha, thank God there's a Savior. So I have a question for you. I think you and I have something else in common besides being a sinner. I, I think we have something else in common. If you've had a job, you've been late. You've been late to work. Maybe you were late to work this week. The only person I know in this room that has not been late for work is, of course, over the 30 years of his career as the Pastor Paul Hoyer, who usually gets to work 45 minutes before you're supposed to get to work. You have, do you know any of those guys? Paul tells me, hey, I'm going to come pick you up at 1 o'clock, and he shows up in my driveway at 12.15. He wonders why I'm not ready to go. You know, one of those. I, I have been late. I'm sure you have been late a few times as well. I want you to do this. Here's the first question of the day. You can text it to, I'm sorry, my memory is horrible. Matt, tell him, Pastor Matt. Eight eight four. Say it again That's for the people at home. Four zero seven eight four two eight 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 four. All right. So you text me an excuse that you have used after you were late to work. I want to hear it. An excuse that you have used because you were late to work. Um, the Galatians knew about excuses. Pastor, Pastor Paul, the Apostle Paul uh, is writing this letter to the Galatians. 
They were no stranger to living in a world that was really corrupt, really sinful. And Paul says in the first chapter of his letter to the Galatians, he says that the Galatians live in the present evil age. He's basically saying to them, you guys are surrounded by evil. There is sin all around you. And this is going to be tough to navigate. And so the Galatians, um, for them, things aren't going as planned. And things are actually really messed up. And so the Galatians are figuring out, well, they're trying to figure out how to navigate all this sin all around them. And so one idea that pops up for the Galatians is, you know what? We are just going to follow the law as good as we can follow it. We're going to observe all the religious festivals. We're going to follow the law as best as we can. And we're going to eat everything, that, the right things. If, if the Bible says, if Scripture says to eat certain things, we're going to eat the right things. We're going to observe the right holidays. And we're just going to hope that works. We're going to hope that works. So above all, they submitted themselves to all of these procedures. They, they tried to follow everything as closely as they could. And here was the hope. The hope was if we eat all the right things, if we observe all the right festivals, then God might overlook all the sin that we're committing. That was the hope. Maybe if we do this, God will just overlook it. That God would be so pleased with most of their decisions that he would just forgive the rest. Pastor Matt, any answers we got? Answers. Uh, so we got some good answers. A uh, couple different ones. Uh, got a couple for uh, us, their dog, right? Or their, their pet or their animal. Uh, something like that. Making oh, them something late. happened to their pet? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where I'm assuming having to like walk the dog or something like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then um, uh, a couple people uh, blame their kids. Right. When uh, that, yeah, absolutely, (laughs) always going to do that. And then, uh, but the number one answer on the board, Pastor Chris, uh, absolutely traffic, traffic. Traffic. And in fact, one one person said, uh, a former student of hers has a picture saved of I-4 traffic and shows it every time they're late to school. (laughs) (laughs) So it is interesting, like, hey, I live right by the elementary school, and it takes me six minutes to get to work. I don't have to battle traffic. But unfortunately, my wife does. She has to go down I-4 to Lee Road, and she's got it mapped out. Like, she knows she has to leave exactly at, like, you know, 7.20. And if she waits 10 more minutes, it's going to take, you know, 40 minutes longer to go down I-4. And so traffic certainly understandable. Number one answer. That's pretty funny. Uh, so... I was thinking about this um, with some of these excuses that we have, some of these rules that we have. What I know also we 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 break some of the rules too. I asked my son um, as I was preparing for this sermon, um, and I'm going to ask you guys. You can start to think about this next question. We won't, and you can send it in. I asked him, "Hey, son." If you could eliminate one law or one rule, what would it be? If you could eliminate one law or one rule, what would it be? Let's just say you were king or, you know, maybe a queen for the day. What, what would you remove? And my son, 
who wanted to be king for the day, who's recently been into cars, had said that he really wanted to remove the speed limit from Lake Mary Boulevard. And I thought, that's a really bad idea. Uh, and, and I said, Lake Mary Boulevard, like, are you sure it's not like you want to do I-4 or something like that? He goes, nah, they do something like that over in this Autobahn, and this seems to work just fine. So he wants to remove the speed limits from all roads. And I know Pastor Paul would be good with that. But um, a, couple of, a couple of months ago, I was pulling out of my uh, house. And literally a, a block from my house, I'm pulling up and, and I, uh, I prided myself on never getting, uh, I've never had a speeding ticket, I've never had a moving violation in 21 years. And it all came to a, a crashing halt uh, a couple of months ago as I pull up to the stop sign and I'm running behind and I literally do a California stop and I roll right through uh, that and I'm I am one block from my house and I see the police officer, you know, right behind me. And uh, I think to myself, oh, you know, there was nobody within, there was nobody within blocks of me besides this police officer. That really, you know, had, he's gonna give me a warning, I'm sure. Then he gave me a $280 ticket, and I, it was something like that. And, and then, you know, you get a nice little bump from the insurance company. Anyway, um, I, I was thinking to myself, that this is great. What if I just said to the police officer, uh, he said to me too, he goes, you know, you need to stop for three seconds at a, at a sign. And you've got to stop for three seconds. He goes, you stop for about a quarter of one second. Uh, and I thought to myself, what if I told the police officer at every stop sign that I go to for the next week, I'll stop for four seconds? You know, what if I told him that? What if I said, I am going to stop for four seconds at every stop sign? How about you just give me a warning? No, that's stupid. Like, he's not going to give me a warning for that because it doesn't change what I just did. And what if we said to our boss when we were late, you know what, um, I know that I'm 15 minutes late and I missed some of this meeting. What if I show up 30 minutes early the rest of the week? No, it doesn't change what you just did. And I'll get to the point in a second. Pastor Matt, do we have any responses to that one question? Oh, I didn't even ask the question, did I? Well, all right. How are you guys doing at home, good? All right. Never mind. We might just skip through that uh, question. The question, of course, was uh, what law would you remove if you were... Anyway, uh, don't worry about it. We'll play next week. Um, here's the thing. If we look honestly at God's law, and uh, we look at specifically at what Jesus said in Matthew, check this out. Um, Jesus had just kind of... Um, he had just kind of thrown off the Sadducees. And he was really good at kind of riling up the religious people who were um, very pious and over-righteous. And so there was this teacher in the law. He knew everything about Scripture. He knew everything about the law and the commandments. And so he wants to test Jesus. He comes up to Jesus and he says, hey, uh, teacher, very sarcastically, you can't pick that up, but he's like, oh, teacher, um, what's the most important uh, commandment What's the most important commandment? 
And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's, those are the two most important. Love God more than anything, and love your neighbor as yourself. You get those two down, you can forget about all, I mean, not forget, but it, it's not, those are the two most important. If you get that, you're doing well. And so, you know, it's interesting when we think about that. Like, if we were being honest right now, can any of us say that we are doing a blow-up job of lo loving the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all of our minds? Can we say that beyond a shadow of a doubt, we have loved our neighbor truly as much as we've loved ourselves? I have not. And I repent. And I wish I had. But I have not. And I'm guessing that many of us don't. And it's interesting because the punishment in Scripture for this is quite clear. It's death. And so now, Paul writes in this letter to the Galatians, he says, we know that a person is not justified by what you do, but by having faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of of the law, because the works of the law, no one will be justified. Let's say, Pastor Matt, you go home today after church, okay? And you're going to get ready. I know you're going to, I know you better than you know yourself. Uh, you're going get, to get ready for Pastor Paul's retirement service at three o'clock. You'll probably go home, have yourself a nice lunch. You know, you're, you're, did you ride your motorcycle today? I, I did not. Okay. No. So you're going to drive the Mustang back home. You pull that beautiful Mustang back in the parking lot. And as soon as you pull in, you see five police officers in your driveway. Really hope you don't have the gift of prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, what did my wife do now? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but so you pull in. And you get out of the car, and somebody starts reading you your rights, right? And you now find out that you're being convicted for something that you're like, whoa, I did not do that. You get thrown in the back of the police car. And now you have a few days later, because it's Sunday, uh, tomorrow you have your first day in court or whatever. Uh, and, and now you're going in front of the judge. You're going in front of the judge, and you go in front of the judge, and at that point, whether you did it or not, I would say is less important than what the judge or the jury says about you. Would you agree? Well, that's going to determine whether you go to jail or go free. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So whether the jury declares him guilty or innocent... That's actually, at that moment, more important than whether he did it or not. And so, he wants to be justified just as if he never did it. He wants to be declared justified by the judge or by the jury. That's the problem with the commandments in God's law. We know in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, each and every one of us. When we look at the law, and we look at the commandments of God, and we see those, we realize that we have failed. 
short of maintaining this perfectly. How could any of us possibly be justified? And that's where I think Satan starts to work in to our past sins and the things that we've done in the past. We think to ourselves, we look at the Ten Commandments, and, and Jesus says, if you've ever even looked at somebody else in lust, you've committed adultery. Uh, guess what? Everybody in this room has done that. You've committed adultery. You've coveted things of your neighbors. So you look at the Ten Commandments, and now you say, oh my gosh, I kind of feel like a jerk. I kind of feel, how am I up here talking to you guys about Scripture? And here's the thing. The enemy works on us. And the enemy works on us. And, and the answer is, is that every human being on planet Earth, no matter how holy, how righteous, how pious, no matter how flawed, can only be justified through Jesus Christ. That's why we stand up here each week and talk about how great Jesus is. We start to realize that we aren't. The one man who came into our flesh and lived a perfect life, he lived that life for you. He lived that life for Riley. He lived that life for us. And instead of what we would say, he makes no excuse. Jesus is perfect. He walks in front of the judge that I was just talking about. And he's actually got no excuses. He takes all of our sin, all of our, all of our fears, all of our anxiety. He walks in front of the judge and he has no excuses. And God the Father says, guess what? You're convicted. You're going to be murdered. So the almighty judge pronounces his verdict guilty. Jesus is sent off to die. But of course, we are raised from the dead because of his death. And in that resurrection, we are declared not guilty. Not guilty of the sins that we've committed. That's why Good Friday is so good. It wasn't good for Jesus. It was good for us. We are treated by God as if we have never sinned. As if we've never broken a commandment. And the enemy can keep accusing us of all of our past, all the mistakes that we've made that we beat ourselves up for. He can point out all the small ones and the big ones. Then because we know we aren't perfect, we have doubts. We start to wonder if there really is a big God who sent his son to die for us. We start to wonder if there is a real God who actually wants to hear from us. The God of the universe that spoke things into existence really wants to hear from me? And then, here's the big one. We start to have doubts that the justification of Christ that was painfully won on the cross wasn't enough. We want to add to the cross of Jesus Christ. How egotistical is that? Like there's something that we could do that can add to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Give me a break. You don't have to add anything to it. Through your baptism, you have been made a child of God. That's why this is so important. What Riley just had done here is not symbolic. There's actually, it says in scripture, there's a celebration in heaven when this happens. Paul writes in verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer who, um, 
It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's why we have to operate like that, that Christ actually lives in us. Paul doesn't say a single word about baptism in that verse, but in baptism, you are crucified with Christ and his death becomes your death. Also in your baptism, you were raised with Christ and his life is your life. Because of this justification, we have freedom, freedom from death, from sin, and from the accusation that the law gives us. So in conclusion, when you start to feel guilty about some of the past sins, when you start to feel guilty you can have the freedom to admit, you know what? Yeah, I've sinned in my past. And yeah, I probably deserve the punishment from those sins. But you know what? The death and punishment has already taken place. We have been crucified with Christ in his death and resurrection. We are not guilty. Through Jesus Christ, we have been excused. It reminds me of my good friend, Esteban Santiago. Esteban works at Disney. You know, my wife and I, I have this joke whenever I go to Disney that I try to talk the Disney people into giving me free parking because it's like $15 or $20 to park at Disney. And I have this joke that I can, I can do it. Just trust me. I am 0 for 14 uh, on talking the Disney people into free parking. So the joke is, are you going to try to do it? Yeah, I can't do it. But I'll tell you one thing. When I go with Esteban, I get free parking. I get into the park. I get, I get to walk in the back and eat at the employee cafeteria. I mean, this is the way to go. It stinks going on my own, but with Esteban, there's something magical with that kingdom. I got to imagine that's what it's like with Jesus, but so much better. It doesn't matter who I am. It matters who I'm with. And who I'm with is the King of Kings. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.